Hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Better. I'm Julie Duffy, and joining me today is Dr. John Duffy. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. <laughs> we have been married 28 years. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's insane. So we celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary last weekend. That seems... That's not... Uh, a small number. That's a big number. It's a large number. It's, it is hard to compute at a certain point, you know, because you don't feel like you could possibly be old enough to be married 28 years. And you feel like old people talk about being married almost 30 anyway, years. And- uh, it was, yes, we had a fun celebration, which yep. included George. <laughs> and, yes. um, yeah, so happy anniversary. And it was also Julie's birthday. We got married on Julie's birthday. Yes, we did. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's what's up. And, and briefly, all the good things in my life have come as a result of being married to Julie Duffy. Oh, thank you, honey. Yeah. And all the good things in my life have come as being... Whoops. <laughs> and all the good things in my life have come as a result of being married to John Duffy. <laughs> that seemed like a rehearsed no. line. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. All right. All right. Um, here is an important thing that I think we need to talk about. Wait, this is okay. Okay, yeah, that's a jagged. This is a jagged segue, but what's what we're talking about? The jagged segue. We specialize in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I said to John, "What's going on in your office this week?" We're we are on the cusp of the holiday. So in the last few weeks, one thing I've noticed in my office is. Um, I don't think we have a very good bead on our boys um, as parents, as teachers in general. I don't think I'm worried about boys in particular right now. Well, you, what you men. said was, did I already say this? I said, what's going on? You said, nobody understands boys. Yeah. And nope. I, my heart sunk into my gut. Yeah. But I know it's true. Uh, yeah, I promise you it's true. Um, and listen, there, there's a corollary in here for girls, um, but boys are a little bit lost as to who they should be. There's a whole kind of crisis of, of, of identity and masculinity and what that, what that looks like for boys and young men, and they're getting mixed messages from a whole bunch of different sources. So they're struggling with who they are and who they should be. In the meantime, in families, um, boys are often the fall guys, are seen as the problem, um, and because they tend to uh, act out a little bit more in classrooms and be likely to be caught juuling or smoking weed or drinking or something like that, um, and maybe are a little more aggressive in certain ways, I think we misunderstand the core nature of our boys because we we come at them like they're a problem. And so they come at us like, screw you for making me seem like the problem. And it compounds things. And you can feel the divide between parents and kids, teachers and, and kids, boys in particular, grow and grow and grow so that there is no fundamental understanding of who this guy is. And it doesn't take long like so many things in a therapy room to get to the essence of what a kid is, what a boy is really fundamentally like. And to watch 
a kid soften when he's alone in the room and smile and tell stories and share everything. You know what I mean? You can feel the need these kids have for connection, boys and young men. From about 13, I can speak to, till about 25 or so. Or So So I ran into a friend the other day that I hadn't seen in a long time, and she. we were just catching up on all her kiddos, and um, I didn't know her middle son, um, but I remember her... Having, I remember her having concerns when he was in high school, and she said, you know, I thought he was, he was so difficult. I thought he had, what's that defiant? Oppositional defiant disorder. I thought he disorder. had oppositional defiant disorder. You know, he was angry. And she said, it turns out he's super smart, and he just, there was no, you know, box he fit into in high school. So he didn't feel uh, seen or celebrated. And those are my words. He didn't feel seen or celebrated or, you know, he, he didn't have a place. He didn't have a, a lane. And, and this happens to a lot of our kids. And I can see what happens to a lot of our boys. And now... He's in college. He's happy. He's killing it. He has a girlfriend, you know, and, and so that I, you know, that again, just what a happy story. And then what a scary potential story, yes. you know, if he would have stayed in that, um, you know, in that anger, in that feeling of uh, nobody gets me. And that has, that, that pretty much nails it, right? Yes. Nobody gets me. Well, what, you know, if you have a son, and we're going to just stick with boys, and, and I'm sure this applies to some of our we girls. Can, we can talk about boys unapologetically. Unapologetically. If you have a boy who somebody in my field has diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder or even um, ADHD with an emphasis on the H, the hyperactivity um, disruptive in the classroom, uh, school refusal. There's a number of things where, you know, we have, we are calling these things diagnoses. I want you to think of these as symptomatic of a different problem altogether, that your boy feels either unheard, unseen, or disconnected altogether. And your your job is to see him, you know, is to Attend to him, listen to him, talk to him, and not judge him. Because here's another thing about boys, man. They're judging themselves all the time. And they're using the craziest metrics. So we talk a lot about girls and body image, for example, right? I cannot tell you the degree to which that has become an issue with boys in the Instagram age, in the age of watching all sorts of guys on Instagram, just like girls see women pumping iron, being huge, and wondering, can I get that? Could I ever be that guy? In the age of readily available pornography, boys are afraid of um, performance. performance. Boys are afraid, boy, if I'm not feeling that kind of testosterone-driven, stoked by this? Am I gay? Am I bi? Am I, you know, like questioning their sexuality um, in unhealthy ways, not healthy ways. And there are many, many healthy ways. Right, 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 right. Um, So, and, and there's also in the background this hint now for boys coming of age right now that we're seen as the aggressors. We're seen as like um, potentially 
hurtful to people. Right. Masculinity is toxic now. I mean, and I know... Just for what it is, just for like I have testosterone flowing through me, I'm I'm toxic by definition. Right. I'm a weapon. I'm a danger. I'm, you know, and and there's a lot of shame. Yep. And um, so it it has potential to to further shut boys down potential man it right? almost as yeah. a rule does yes and so you know you get guys who are uh, who feel deep deep social anxiety and fear uh, around being around other people how they come across always questioning themselves you know what i mean am i good enough am i manly enough? Am I gentle enough? Am I sensitive enough? Am I kind enough? Am I tough enough? You know what I mean? And these things clash in the minds of boys. Like I talk a lot about identity traffic Mm -hmm. and you can feel it in boys and young men where it's like, you know, um, you know, like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, um, I've been watching porn and, you know, I, I, I know I could never do what those guys are doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's made up. You know, this is crap. You, you know, like you're not supposed to be that guy. You know, you're you, and that, who you are is good enough. But that's so hard to integrate when this is a big part of what's available to you and a big part of what you take in sensory wise. I remember when you talked to those boys on Steve Harvey, they were like 14, right? Every single one of them had, had sex, every single one of them had learned about it from porn. Yep. Um, and they were, it was, they were super, uh, matter of fact about it. Oh, and there was shame around not having hooked up, right, Right. at at that age. And if you ask, the the crazy thing about that is if you ask 10 different boys, what does it mean to hook up? They're going to give you different definitions. You know what I mean? And usually they're definitions of convenience. You know what I mean? Like, 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 uh, it's just making out because I made out with a girl a couple times, you know, like, so I hooked up with this girl at this party last night. That sounds right to guys. You know what I mean? Um, and it probably is not what, I mean, I'm not naive. It's not not what they want, but it, a lot of times that's not what they're looking for either. They, they're, especially when they're really young, they're looking for some kind of relationship, don't oh, you think? Oh, boys, boys. It's super mortifying. In my experience, and this is a crazy thing, in my experience, boys, as much as girls but if honestly, in my experience, more than girls desire connection and a relationship, they want they want a girlfriend at young ages. They want a relationship a lot of the, all the time, virtually all the time. They're not looking to hook up. You know, they might be saying that in a locker room because they think that's what other right. guys want to hear. Ugh. But in in the confines of my office, that's not what I'm hearing. Right. You know what I mean? These guys want connection. They're they're crazy about girls, and they want to connect with them and, and enjoy them and hang out with them. You know what I mean? Like so, boys don't have a lot of boys do not have the outlet to sort all this out. They they and unless they really are having deep conversations with good guy friends, yeah, like in a safe way, um, which by the way, is starting to happen more and more. One cool thing I see in groups of guys, um, even like like alpha male athletes 
we'll get together and have these deep talks about, you know, like masculinity. What does this mean? You know, like what, where do we, where do we stand politically on some of these issues? Mm -hmm. You know, like um, this whole Me Too movement, where are we on this? You know what I mean? Like, are we, are we somehow um, counter victimized by this or are we perpetrators? Are we part of the problem? We ourselves, even if we've never done anything, you know, like just attitudes, the jokes we make. Kids talk about this. Boys talk about this stuff. Which, that, So that's a change in the tide that is really cool is boys are having deeper and deeper talks with each other. Young men on campuses are having deep talks with each other. A lot of it's for fear of, like, our frat's going to get kicked off if we don't. Right. Um, but part of it is I don't want to be seen as that guy. I don't want to be seen as Brock Turner. You no, know what I mean? We don't, don't want to be don't. rapey. You know, like right. we don't want we don't want women to see us this way. How do we change the whole dynamic between the genders as guys? And I don't know if this is I don't know if this is right or exactly how to articulate this, but who knows? Maybe it'll just come out right. Um, so the Me Too movement. Uh, our littles, like a lot of the young boys, are obviously not the primary perpetrators. Right. Because they're little. They're young. Well, wait, what what so, ages are you thinking? Young, our younger guys. Our young teen guys. Yeah. And they're super more aware. You know, kids have a uh, larger worldview and... Uh, more empathy and so sorting this all out that is really someone else's bad someone else's mistake someone else's doing you know it's It's falling on them it's It's falling on them and 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 they really i mean the good news is they'll they'll likely shift out of it because they want probably nothing to do with it. Um, I'm sure they want nothing to do with it, but they're, it's, it, it kind of just falls on them like everything else. No, in fact, a I don't lot, know if that made sense. It did. A lot of young guys are when they hear. So, so I was working with boys when this all started coming out, the Weinsteins and the, you know, all, all this, all this um, bad news, the spaces and all these, guys who have done awful things to men and women and um and even the, even the crisis in the, in the in, in the church in Epstein um and there's been a lot of like what is wrong with these guys like you know wh- what happens in the mind they're they're interested in the psychology of it from a male perspective because for 99 point some percent of young guys this is not something that you know this is foreign to them. They can't imagine. A lot of these boys are growing up with girls as friends. Kids hang out in these packs now that are co-ed. And they genuinely respect one another. Like straight up. You know what I mean? Like it so happens that I'm working with some high achieving kids in the same class at the same school who um, I'm going to be vague here, but you can feel that vying for that spots in the top 10 academically are both boys and girls. And they see each other as peers, kind of like, oh, there's this one girl, man, and she's so much smarter than me, and I'm screwed because I'm never going to be able to get her out of the number four spot in order to get in the top five, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, these boys inherit a legacy that is part of their identity, 
and they have to find a way to either integrate that or deny it without repeating history. It's a very big challenge for them, right? So there's an awful lot on their plates before they even start just being in their lives. Right, before they and sorting out their identity. And so, you know, to pause on that, uh, boys are misunderstood all the time, not seen, not heard. Um, and some, and a lot of times their stress and their anxiety comes out as anger. Um, and so they're often diagnosed and, um, medicated, medicated quickly and talked to like they're a problem. And, uh, and so they're really, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about this because they, when there's a little bit of like. If you, if you show emotion as a boy and it, and it reads even remotely as anger, it's kind of like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is your oppositionality coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you mentioned, so John is very rare <laughs> in the therapy world <laughs> um, and is amazing at what he does and it really connects uh, with kids and they're able to be who they are and show who they are. Um, but you even, you were working with someone and you had a conversation with his family therapist. So you you talked to someone else who was working with the kid and you could tell right away, you know, the therapist was like, well, he's very withholding what, or what do you say? What was yeah, the word? withholding. He's very and, withholding and yeah. there's, there's a lot of cannabis use. And John's like, oh my God, no wonder he doesn't talk to you. You're so freaking weird and uptight. He's so smart not to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, because I'm talking to the fam, a, a family therapist who works with somebody I worked with not that long ago. And um, and that was the vibe. It was kind of this like, um, it was a male therapist, but he was very uptight and very judgmental of this boy and I and I think about like people in my professions and and, and you know we're supposed to be open and non-judgmental and yet I think we come in with this bias against boys because what the way boys are brought with girls are typically brought to us because they are suffering something emotionally boys are often brought to us because there's some anxiety but there's also this behavior problem, right? Boys are a behavior problem. Boys are disruptive in the classroom. Boys are smoking the thing in the bathroom. Boys are doing the thing we don't want them to be doing. So, um, and too many people in my profession are focusing on the behavior, not recognizing that there's emotion underlying hey, that. You know come what I mean? On, like people. unresolved emotional stuff. And if you can help them get to that, and it's not that hard, just talk to them like a freaking person. I'm sorry, but I got angry at this guy <laughs> because I realized, oh, my guy's not in good hands here. You know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, then that's not okay. Right. And you, you know, between, you know, uh, all the kids who don't have an outlet in their house, you know, to, for their emotions and who can't be seen and be heard. And then you find out that someone who's helping them professionally is, <laughs> you know, like so freaking clueless. And, um, you know, there's no way any kid would ever talk to them. You know, we got to wake up. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, I know that we might sound like broken records here, but, but, um, 
this is the most important stuff in our lives, really, I mean, is like, is, is, is tending to and curating our relationships and our connections with our kids. Um, our boys are part of that and they are struggling, you know, and I think virtually all of them are struggling with who am I, how do I fit in the world, what does masculinity mean today, what do I do with all of these messages and images I'm taking in, how do I integrate this and make some sense of it so that I can identify who I am and who I want to be in the world? That's the struggle that looks like oppositionality or looks like he's chewing too much in the bathroom. Yeah, or looks, or like, looks like checking like out, playing video smoking games weed in the, the basement, basement. Um, school refusal, like opting out. And yeah. who or, wouldn't? Or even general douchiness you know what i mean like <laughs> right, right, you know what right. i mean like just don't default don't, douchiness default douchiness <laughs> which is an, we should make that a diagnostic category yeah i'm gonna lobby yeah. on the hill for that <laughs> default douchiness yeah yeah no i get that i get that where you could where you lean into that default douche yeah um <laughs> yeah 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 no so you know, just to break it down real simply again, you know, just when you said that this tonight when we gathered and sat in the studio, nobody understands our boys. And then you talk about all these boys that you sit in your office with who come to life when their parents leave the room. And then you find out um, what, you know, what lights them up, what they're interested in, how funny they are, how, you know, what, what, what they're concerned about, what they're scared about, what they care about, what they think about. Yeah. So how deeply they feel what they feel, um, you know, and, and creating space for that. I'm just telling you, you know, people say like, well, that's easy for you to say you're the psychologist, blah, blah, blah. But it's not that hard to create that space. It just isn't. It really No, that's is. easy for you to say because you're the psychologist. People can't say that. People they can't. say that. I know, but they can't. Okay. Can you, can you write that down for me and have No, I'm saying people can't say that anymore they have to listen to this podcast <laughs> they have to listen to you and they have to um change the conversation have the conversation right have, yeah, the, have conversation. the conversation and you know like sure if you have to come up with consequences for the behavior or take the thing away i don't care i guess but i wouldn't bother I don't really care about that. You know, um, I really care. And I know blah, blah, blah. People do care about that. Go ahead. Read the books. Read somebody else's book. <laughs> no, read John's book and you'll understand. Okay. But my point is, you know, if you're focusing, if you spend the vast majority of the time with your guy talking about what he's doing wrong and you expect some kind of connection with him. That's folly. That's a joke. Well, so, also, if you and or if you expect him to thrive, yeah, right, right, right. So the connection—that's a you know—that's a privilege that you need to earn, and so, but it's something he needs and something. Yeah, he he can't see the forest for the trees. He can't talk. He's not going to know his own awesomeness. He's not going to know who he is if he can't talk. And who better to talk to than you? Mom or dad, you know what I mean? Dad, listen to... Dad. Listen, dad, <laughs> I know you're not listening to the podcast. So, mom, go get dad. Go get dad. And put the put these earbuds in his ears right now. Yeah. Dad, listen up, dude. 
you need to be part of your dude, your guy's life, and you need to be part of this discussion. So you're ha- going to have to rewind 24 minutes and 49 seconds to hear the whole thing. But here's the deal, Dad. Um, you cannot just be a disciplinarian. I don't care how you were parented. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what you think the role of dad is now today. Your role is way better than your dad's was. Mm-hmm. And you get to connect with your dude, hang out with him, forget the behavior for a while, for a long while, and just hang out with him. Even, even if you can't stand him, hang out with him and you'll be able to. Hang out with him, laugh with him, talk to him, and get him to see he's awesome. Get him to see you love him, you approve of him. He needs to know that you are good with him. Needs to know that from you. And you need to model for him that it's okay to be something other than angry and express some kind of emotion. Damn. Okay. Time's up. I know I've been saying that every Every podcast, which but by the you way, know what? I think is a reference to something very specific. No, it's not because it chimes up on a lot of things and times up on this. Julie's shaking her head at me like I did it. No, whatever I'm it not. is, I did it. I listen, all of our kiddos are overburdened, but yeah, it's specifically we're talking about boys today, and I get how boys get kind of ripped off boys in a whole other off. way. Yep. Um, and they're suffering, and then they look like angry and unappealing and so then they're just further alienated and screwed and we cannot do that to our boys anymore and i will say man i know a lot of boys and i know a lot of boys who've created huge problems in their lives you know huge problems like you know um been arrested for drug offenses and you know been suspended or expelled from schools and kicked out of college and these boys and these young men are all awesome people, man. They're, they're beautiful human beings, and you just need to be there for them. That is all. Every bit of that behavioral stuff is an indication of some degree of being lost and some degree of suffering. And, and you can help some mitigate. degree of being normal. Yep. You know, some degree of being a teenager, some degree of being a kid. Hells yeah. And we can't forget the last question or comment you had at the first talk about this book you gave was the woman who had just lost two nephews to suicide. Their boys are killing themselves. I mean, you know, we like to kind of keep things light and humorous, but the more we talk about this, the more amped up I'm getting. And yeah, boys who are seem engaged and are in school. This woman had two nephews. One hung himself in his dorm room. I know we've said this. And one uh, laid down on the train tracks. So it's not and an awful lot of a boys, lighthearted topic. And an awful lot of boys think about it. You know, even if they know they're not going to act on it, they think about it. They or they think that their value is minimal in this world. They really do. And so we need to show them something different. And we've talked about, you know, like you think about what adulting looks like to all of our kids, you know, uh, and especially boys who still probably perceive themselves as having, I mean, I know it's even not a lot, but they might still think, I'm gonna, I need to be the guy. I need to be the breadwinner. I need to find the job. That's going to be my thing. I'm not going to have a lot of flexibility or any flexibility of, around that. And, and they're not as, they're just as 
disenchanted with what, you know, I don't know, like the workforce and adulting, what that looks like. Right? Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. And they, they, for sure. Women are equals for sure, but the perception might still be that there's more flexibility for them. Is that fair or not? That's fair. Um, I will say, um, every boy I work with when he looks to the future um, feels some degree of responsibility to make some contribution and to earn a, a significant living right. and um, have trouble seeing their path to that. That's and true. Especially in the community that we live in, right? That's the... But not just... Not just. Not just. But um, yeah, so let's really consider our boys and really light up for them and really soften and uh, open the door to conversation so yeah. they can they can talk things out, hear themselves think and talk and and figure out what uh, what worries them, what ails them, and what will, you know, help them find their way. I, I feel compelled to throw one more note in here. Um, the other thing that boys experience a dearth of, very little of in their lives at some point, starting at some point, is affection. Um, right? Just just the, that idea that they're loved. Um that idea of just being held or touched or feeling little. Um, I'm thinking of this because I don't think I talked to you about this, but a couple of weeks ago I was working with this boy who was having a very, very hard time. And he walked out and he walked back in and he hugged me and he was crying. Mm. And, um, and he said, nobody's hugged me for a really long time. <gasps> People. <sighs> Anywho. No, seriously, that, that, was, that, that happened. Um, it's happened before similarly too. So okay. there you go. There you go. There's a, a, our mandate is not fuzzy, right? It's pretty clear. No. And it's the holidays. You're, you're going to have time with your guys. So that's awesome. Here's a great time. Holidays to are a good time to hug. Good time to hug. <laughs> Holiday hugs. Like no one's even going to listen. No it, one's even going to. And if you're if question you're, it. And, and if you remember what my dad used to do, um, oh, yeah. my dad used to kiss me on the forehead. And, you know, and that was, um, that was something I will never forget. Uh, I do it with George pretty frequently when I see him. Um, and if you didn't hear also, that podcast, his dad didn't start that till you were like 16 years old. 16, 17. He wasn't the best with littles, his dad. And um, he started a correction when he was a teenager. So if you have not done the best job of connecting with your kiddo, you can start now. Yeah, go you shock, can be really, shock them by walking yeah. in the room right now and kissing them on the forehead. You can be Do meta it. about Dad, it. Dad, come back in here. What? The Dad probably left. So we're oh. calling Dad back. <laughs> Dad, get back in here. <laughs> yes. Go kiss your son on the forehead, for God's <laughs> sake, man. Um. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Holiday hugs for the boys. Yep, this one's for the boys. Yes. The boys and the men. Boys right. to men. Oh. Okay. Love you, honey. Love you, honey. <laughs> Love your boys.